you could start your law firm. You, you could you could find the business name. You could have the domain. You could have the technology. You could have the business model. You could be really good at practicing law. But how do you get clients? Like that's a really important thing. Welcome to a different practice. I'm your host, Lauren Lester, and I'm obsessed with all things business, well-being, and optimizing the practice of law for solo and small firm lawyers. I started my solo practice right out of law school, built it from the ground up, and now work four days a week while earning well over six figures. I'm here to share tangible, concrete tips and resources for ditching the legal profession's antiquated approach and building a law practice that optimizes growth and enjoyment. Think of this as grabbing coffee with your work bestie, mixed with all the stuff they didn't teach you in law school about how to run a business. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to be encouraged and challenged. This is a different practice. Hey, y'all, we are back with part two of my conversation with Matthew Kerbis that we did on a LinkedIn Live a couple of months ago. If you missed it, go back and listen to episode 13, which is gonna be the first part of our conversation. That way you're sure not to miss anything. We pick up here with a conversation about websites and marketing and continue to talk about the specifics of running your own law firm, give y'all examples of what we use, and continue to talk about how to build a practice that you love. Here is part two. I mean, there's there's so much good stuff there and it's it's hard to like, like so for my website, like I use a no-code builder called card.co, C-A-R-R-D.co. Oh, nice. And I used to have WordPress websites, not for my law firm, but for my podcast and for some other things. And I loved Card so much that I've moved everything over to Card. I have like I have like a dozen something websites on there. Some of them just for fun, <laughs> like like I'm a wedding officiant. Some you know, like well I haven't marketed that. I, I became an officiant for for my sister in law to to marry her to her husband, and and like people know that I do it. And so like I made a website. So I and I like made things official, right? So so I have a website for that. But like I really love the Card website builder. It's nineteen dollars a year, not a month. Wow a year for SSL certificates for up to 10 websites for custom domains and pro template access. I think I pay like $49 a year because I want slightly more advanced no-code features on, on the building side of things, but, but it's not optimized for blogging. And so if your content strategy is blog, you're going to need to go with like a WordPress or like a website builder that's designed around that. I, I am a solopreneur. I can never compete with, with that, in my opinion, for my space since I'm the way that I'm tackling legal services, I don't have a niche. My price is my niche, right? I'm $20 a month. Accessibility is my niche. So um, so because like affordable lawyer is like a hard thing to compete on in, for SEO purposes, all of what would normally be my blog content is actually a subscription benefit. When somebody subscribes to my law, to, to, to my, as a, as, a, as a client, they get access to my knowledge base, which I'm actually in the process of moving over to Notion to use to to have like my knowledge base there right now it's just integrated with my client portal and google drive which is not doesn't look great and it's not really great so i'm i'm building out a knowledge base on on notion for that reason so um but like i mean there's so many other tools and so many other types of things you could do so like that's how i've decided to tackle that because card is not good for for blogging and i don't feel like i could compete within that game and my time i have to spend in other places time blocking is something I use right from the get-go that I think people would have benefited from know people would benefit from knowing about as they start their own law firm is I have a master list of everything I need to do daily, weekly, monthly, annually, and then as client 
uh, you know, issues come in, whether it's review this contract or negotiate this, I add that in another section in my master list. And then at the end of every day, I have time blocked you know, after we after we put the kid down, after after I've spent time with my with my spouse, I, I go back to my computer and I time block my next day. And so I don't use Acuity. I use Calendly, but I put everything in my calendar, personal things, too. I got to, you know, the, the days I'm picking up the kid from daycare, you know, everything goes in the calendar. Time with family goes in the calendar. So I can't be double booked ever. And I set up rules in Calendly where no one could schedule time with me within 24 hours. I mean, I think I, it's, I think it's, Same. it's 16 yeah. hours. It's whatever. The moment I sit down at my computer at 8.30 p.m., nothing can be scheduled with me, with me the next day. And so I can plan out every single day in advance. I, I did a version of this when I was billing by the hour at my last job where I put stuff on a whiteboard, but they kind of fell apart with the pandemic. But, but like this is my version of it now as, as a solopreneur is, is time blocking. And, and you know, you, nobody's perfect. Like I don't stick to it perfectly, right? But at least I have intention to, to do something and manage my time effectively because I'm not billing my time. And so it's important to really control your time super well. Lauren, are you a true solo? Do you use virtual assistants? Do you have any staff? How do you handle all that? I am a true solo. I have no virtual assistants, no staff. I am looking at bringing on some contractors. So that's kind of my my toe dip into the expansion because mm-hmm. I really do like being a solo. I don't want to have employees. And I've really leaned into tech to be able to do some of those admin things that just take away from my lawyering time or to help myself become more efficient. But contractors, I am looking at. I did have an assistant for a hot minute right before the pandemic. And that I feel was a little more um, me feeling like I needed to have employees to be a legit law firm. And so I did it. She was lovely. I mean, I loved her, but I also was like, what? I I don't see the benefit here. And I'm always really cognizant of cost and expenses and overhead. And, you know, the pandemic hit and she needed to have a more full-time job because she was only working part-time with me. So it really worked out great for her. But when she left, it was kind of like, you know, did did I really get the benefit out of this? And so I kind of had to work on that limiting belief that having an Mm -hmm. employee was what made me legit. And ever since then, I've said, you know, no, that's just, that doesn't work for me. So I really try and, like I said, use tech wherever I can and just have it be me, which really means, you know, all the money that comes in is mine, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And then for, for outsourcing a little bit, I mean, are you looking at like law clerk? Like, is that like where you're looking or are you trying to hire your own, like, like freelance attorneys? Like, how are you, how are you exactly? Are you outsourcing? Yeah, no, I just so about six months ago, really about a year ago, but six months ago, I really committed to it. I just decided I wasn't doing any more contested work, especially in the family space. It was leading me towards burnout, uh, Mm -hmm. to be quite frank. And so I had stopped doing it. And then in the last six months have recognized that for a on a personal level, it's been a great decision. On a business level, I've probably lost some potential sales that I would have like had easily in the bank. Because I was like, listen, if you get to a hearing, I'm not your gal anymore. And they really wanted someone to be there the whole stretch, which I totally understand. And so in just talking with a colleague over coffee one day, kind of the idea sparked and she said, you know, I really, I like doing hearings and it's kind of like storytelling. And I I looked at her like you had six heads because that's not in my space. But I thought, huh, I really like, she practices similarly to how I do. We have same values. She also offers flat fees. And in Colorado, we can't do any referral 
payments at all. And so I thought, you know, what if I brought her in as a contractor to handle if I have a case that goes to hearing and I can easily transition to her and be there as a support. So that's kind of where it came out of. It was just kind of talking with someone. So I'm taking it super slow, just one contractor right now to kind of work out all the kinks of that process. But I'm hopeful that it'll be successful and help me kind of expand the business a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I guess we'll have to have another one of these in the future about like lessons yes. learned, lessons learned from, from working with, with contractors, freelance lawyering, it's called per diem attorneys for like court appearances. Like there's a whole, there's a whole jargon like around that. I know when I got started, since I only had like a couple of clients, I was on law clerk legal as a freelancer to like supplement the work. And I think that's mm-hmm. an important thing to talk about is one of the ways I decided I would be comfortable leaving a firm to starting my own practice is because of platforms that exist like that. Priori is one, Law Trades is one. With Priori and Law Trades, I found that a lot of the clients on there, if it's like in-house or like they're looking at former or current like big law attorneys who are moonlighting. So like depending on where you are, like that might not be right for you. But with all the layoffs with big law, that could be perfect for you if, if you have that that pedigree. But but like lawclerk.legal is a really great place for finding extra work, picking up some extra work. And the reason I kind of stopped doing it is because they were really pushing their their subscription model, which their subscription was like subscribe to law clerk freelance lawyer hours. And like I had to track my time. And I was just like, mm. I, I started my own law firm based on the subscription model. It, it's hard for me to like build time. And all the flat fee work ended up being really like underpaid work. So I was on there for a little bit. But then I found that I, I really just need to double down on my efforts to like get clients and like get out there, which but in the future, like when I need to hire freelance attorneys, I'll probably use Law Clerk and because they like do everything for you. It's like working with an agency, right? And there's benefits to, to outsourcing that part of and being an employer, even of contractors. But going back to the getting clients thing, Lauren, let, you know, I, you could start your law firm. You, you, could, you could find the business name. You could have the domain. You could have the technology. You could have the business model. You could be really good at practicing law. But how do you get clients? Like, that's a really important thing. Like, and if I could tell you, and I do, I do this when I go speak to local high schools and colleges, I'm like, be, be nice to everyone. <laughs> like, you never know who's going to send you a client in the future. Like, like you know, if, 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 if nobody's mean to you, you're the one who's being mean to everyone else and go and apologize because they could send you business in the future. I've had people from elementary school that after going solo, they referred people to me. And so, like, be nice to everyone. But if you can't, you know, everyone's a potential person who could send you business. You've already started the business or you're about to start the business. Like, what are some ways that you've been able to actually, like, generate business? Yeah. So I think the first one is getting really clear on your message, which took me a while to do. But once I did, it made marketing a lot easier. So it's sort of like when you're at a networking event or talking to someone or in the grocery line, like being able to say what your business does and what problem it solves in 15 seconds is really helpful. So like you said, Matthew, that person can remember it. So then when they come across the person who's getting a divorce, starting a business, whatever, like, oh, you got to go talk to so-and-so. I met him at the grocery line. He's fantastic. So really getting clear on your messaging and making it really short and concise is helpful. And then for me, again, I leaned into the web development. I still think that having a website, focusing some on SEO is really important. But what I've really found to get the most benefit recently is video. Uh, Hosting videos on YouTube, 
YouTube. And for me in particular, I love TikTok. I know it gets a lot of slack, but I think it's a it's a latent market for attorneys. I think it's a hugely untapped market that has a lot of potential. We actually, our podcast that launched today on a different practice is all about TikTok. So if you're curious, go check that out. I go through all of the potential and even some tips to get started. But that's where I think marketing really has become is creating that no like and tr- trust factor on a scalable in a scalable way which is not yet which is yes going to be consults but that's a one-on-one thing and there's only so many you can do in a day and continue to run the business whereas you can set up your phone in front of you and say Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm an attorney in Colorado. I offer affordable flat fee rates for divorce. And, you know, here's the first three things if you wanted to file for divorce, just becoming a source of knowledge and showing your authority by providing information only, no legal advice. Because I know that freaks everybody out, understandably, but just being a source of information and putting yourself out there in that way, I have found in the last six months to a year has had a lot of ROI for, for no money. I mean, I don't pay any money. It's literally my phone and I'm just talking to it. So talk about keeping, you know, overhead low. I think that's really a great opportunity for attorneys, especially when you're starting out mm-hmm. and you have some extra time because the client work isn't coming in yet, is to lean into those and get your name out there that way. Yeah. Yeah. I I mentioned the freelancer, like educational sort of content videos, like, like live events that I'm doing. They're like semi-private live events. You have to join the meetup group, but it's free to join. I just did a talk on just contract negotiations. Like, and that was a huge hit. And I actually thrived in it. And, and like yeah. I and, and I've done like a dozen talks now. So I've committed to weekly like talks, like discussion topics. It's more of a conversation, but that one ended up just being me and one other person. So I ended up doing a lot of the talking because they were just a they were a three D motions graphic artist who's a freelancer. And and so she had some really good questions for me that I didn't think of for my talk. But I was like, this is so gold that and I record them too in additional live streaming. Like I'm gonna chop up some of this stuff and come up with a whole content strategy just around contract negotiations, which is not legal advice. Like right. I'm not giving, it's not your contract. I'm talking right. in broad scope, broad scopes. You know, here's some, con, you know, here are some clauses that you should have in your contract. Here are some ways to make them either favorable for you or, or to make them mutual, which I'm all about collaborative law. And so like, let's make things mutual. It's not, let's grow the pie. There's no need to split the pie. <laughs> right. So let's grow the pie. Let's make a bigger pie. Let's all eat pie. Okay. That, that sounds that's awesome. A, there's a takeaway from today. And uh, and I listened to that episode this morning uh, uh, on TikTok. And I was like, all right, I wasn't thinking about TikTok for for this contract negotiations content strategy that I'm building. But you know what? Uh, because of Lauren's podcast episode, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do it. I'm going to have to incorporate it. Nice. So, so, so at least you've inspired one person. But I agree. I, I like when I, a little bit of the advertising spend that I did was Google ads and 90 and something percent of like the clicks on my ad were actually in YouTube. They weren't in search, they were in mm. YouTube. People are going to YouTube and they're going to video for their legal questions. And who do they get? Legal Eagle talking about <laughs> n- news coverage. There, 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 there's another, like there's another woman who does it. I can't remember her name right now. I am subscribed. I actually think I unsubscribed from her channel because she posts so much and like I had to get it out of my feed. But, but she's also just doing like news coverage from a legal mm-hmm. perspective. So there, there's, and then there might be one other attorney, like attorney Tom or something who's doing that. And so there's three lawyers who are doing legal news coverage. Well, like they're just talking about the news from a legal perspective and they have hundreds of thousands of followers. I think Legal Eagle's got millions. And so I don't know if like that's driving business to them because I think they're like making money through like traditional like YouTuber ways, like sponsorships right. and stuff. But people are going to YouTube to try to get legal questions answered. 
And so like my, I need to invest more time in, in making video content for a YouTube channel. And so I'm sort of experimenting with the freelancer group for my non-law firm YouTube channel. And then I'm learning things about like live streaming and I'm making mistakes, figuring out some stuff and I'm practicing there while I'm still also trying to like make valuable content for potential clients so that I can finally start doing stuff with, with my law firm. But I do think the future of like getting clients and also having content that you could record once and have it repeatable in other places is, is, is video. And if you, your law firm does not have a YouTube channel, there's been a recent update to YouTube where you can get your YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at, and then you could get your firm name and you could try to do that. And so I highly recommend you do that. I have, I have four because I also have the, the at Gmail accounts for like my different things that I do. So I have subscription attorney at Gmail and I have subscriptionattorney.com. So one of them I have at subscription attorney and another one I have is at the subscription attorney, <laughs> just in case. Smart. I didn't want anyone else yep. to take that one. So, so you know, it's something that you should go out and do right now. That goes into the conversation of getting your domain, get your social media handles. Like you mm-hmm. want to create a cohesive brand around your firm, right? Make sure the social media handles are available. The subscription attorney was too long for Twitter. So I have Subatty, S-U-B-A-T-T-Y. And I haven't really done anything with that yet. So I'm, it's always part of my content strategy. But because of that, I also decided I, I should be proactive and get S-U-B-A-T-T-Y.com. And so I do, and I have that. And so since it's the abbreviation of subscription attorney, sometimes when I'm giving somebody my email, subscription attorney is a mouthful. <laughs> and so I just give them subatty.com and then they can get in touch with me and, and it responds with my email, which goes back to another thing about I love about Google Workspace is email aliases. Mm. So while you, you want to be ethical, you don't want to tell people that you have a multiple person shop if you're a true solo. Like I have aliases set up that are support at subscriptionattorney.com, request at subscriptionattorney.com, finances at subscriptionattorney.com. And you could set up like 100, 100 something aliases through just like one domain. And you could also do multiple domains. So I have all of those as well at subatty.com, right? So, so you know, you can, and, and at least when it comes to email organization, that is, you know, you, you could easily search that email address if something went to that and you could see all the support emails, all the request emails, all the finance related emails. So whenever you subscribe to a new thing, like a new software thing for your law firm, you could do finance at lawfirmname.com and then you could very quickly find all the email receipts, right? So, you know, these are like little hacks for your law firm to make it easier to run so you're not spending 20 minutes searching for that email, you you know, like having things like that. And and speaking of email inbox organization, I have have, have three three folders. I have inbox, I have follow-up, and I have archive. And that's it. I try to stay out of my- That's impressive. I try to stay out of my inbox. And, and I have, I, I like, okay, so for this big client that I have, I do have an automa- a filter that automatically categorizes them into a separate folder because I am doing a lot of work for them. But like, I, I very rarely have to go in there, right? Because think about how often are you actually going into your folders? Can you have a more efficient way that you operate your business than just being in email folders all day? I have a client portal. I use SweetDash. It only costs me $130 a year. I do have a deal on that. I think the one I'm using right now is $150 a year. It's kind of like a blank slate. It's kind of like Notion. You get in, it's just a white page and you have to customize it, but it's all no code. You spend some time doing that and it's going to be a lot cheaper cheaper than using a Clio. And you could integrate it with Stripe and you could power subscriptions and, and all their flat fee pricing. And it's really easy. There's secure messaging with two-factor authentication so that your, your messages with your clients are actually secure, unlike email, which is unencrypted. So, and if you're going to be texting with your clients, Signal is encrypted texting. And so I do text with clients through Google Voice, but I have been looking at using Signal 
because it's it's more encrypted and we have to preserve attorney-client privilege, right? And uh, and the, the suite dash is HIPAA compliant too if you turn on two-factor authentication because doctor offices use them as a client portal. So, you know, having a client portal software like that is is something that could be really useful. They do have like Calendly Acuity-like features, though they're not as good. They do, but they also have a built-in CRM and I'm using that for my CRM, which is a client or customer relationship manager so that you could keep client information, birthdays, kids, dogs, you know, all that stuff so that you could communicate with them. You know, instead of doing like happy birthday cards or happy whatever, you know, anniversary, like I, I would prefer to do like a happy anniversary card, like do something different. So like on your anniversary of them first hiring you, you know, send them a thank you or send them a, hey, happy anniversary, right? So everyone gets New Year, happy New Year's. Everyone gets all those cards, like do a holiday other people don't do or do like your relationship with them. Anniversary is a good way to maintain clients. I found Nextdoor. I've done some Nextdoor spend for um, for marketing is is really good. It's at the cheapest level. It's three dollars a day, super affordable. You already know everyone that you're marketing to is a verified person because they sent a postcard to them. So every single person on Nextdoor is a verified person who's in your area or wherever you decide to market from. The way that it works is you, you you're presented with a map, and wherever your business address is, it's a it's a circle that goes out and out and out and out. So you can control how wide or how narrow your, your, your ad is going to go for that. But you could also post for free, just like other social media platforms. You could do as many free posts through your business account Nextdoor. But I've got Nextdoor recently launched an events tab where you can now do events and post them, like, or at least post that you have an event on Nextdoor. So in my content mar- marketing plan is, is do, Zoom, like, do, do a Zoom event, but post it on Nextdoor for contract negotiations. You know, I, I have a, a planned talk on you know, answering the question, should you use a bill of sale when you buy something or sell something on Nextdoor, right? I mean, the answer is yes, <laughs> but but you know how then how to do that, right? right. So like ask questions that and, and like pay attention to like what's happening on Nextdoor, like ask and then from a legal perspective, if you could serve that, host an event on Nextdoor or do an ad on Nextdoor, three dollars a day, real cheap when it comes to ad spend, and there's not a lot of lawyers who are doing that right now. So, so that's, that's where I've, super I've been able to get smart. some clients. I'm gonna steal your idea, Matthew. I'm doing that. All right. So, next see week. now you and I are at least teaching each other things. Yes. So, so we're getting we're getting some value from this too. I think that's a really right. important point. Like talking, if you are gonna jump in, which I think is where like where I started, not only for the substantive maybe side of things, but for the business side, like surround yourself get in connection, get in community with other small business owners so that you can say, you know, hey, Matthew, how's it going? It's been a year. Like, what's been going on? What's your challenges? And then he goes, I've been posting on next door and doing events. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I should do that. Right. So like that community, we we don't get in law school. No one teaches you how to run a business. And then you get out and you're like, I don't, how do I figure this out? So it is just really important to to connect with people who can share those ideas and learn from each other. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. Lauren, you mentioned your law firm. Where can people find that and where can people find a different practice? Yeah, so my law firm is mylifelawyer.com. Like I said, I practice in Colorado, but do provide all flat fee affordable pricing, which is all on my website. And then if you are interested in learning how to optimize your law firm for growth and enjoyment, check out a different practice at a differentpractice.com. Yeah, uh, excellent. And my name is Matthew Kerbis. I'm the subscription attorney. Uh, obviously, connect with Lauren and I on LinkedIn if you haven't yes, already. Yes, please. And uh, since we're hosting this LinkedIn audio event, 
and my law firm is subscriptionattorney.com, where all my prices are also on my website. I very much have designed the anti-law firm website, so it's very much not like any other any other law firm website that you'll ever go to. There's a very intentional potential client journey that I want to put people through, and, and I make it easy to sign up to be a client right from my website. I still have to, if you read the disclaimer, I still have to conduct a conflicts check, which I do, but my biggest takeaway from my website that I wish I would have learned in the beginning was I make it, I have a, I have a floating button where on any page, someone could click that button and schedule a time to talk to me. That's an intro call. And I make that the first button on my page because I, I started to get weekly signups for potential clients when I, when I made it really easy to sign up with me and I restrict the time, you know, so I'm not getting, I'm not getting those scheduled calls at any random time of day. I control that through Calendly, but that was a really simple embed code on card using Calendly. So that's my takeaway from that website. So highly check, recommend you check out my website. But then if you want to learn more about just the innovative things that, that Lauren is doing and that other lawyers are doing with legal services and how they're disrupting the billable hour, my podcast is called Law Subscribed. It's on every podcasting app and even some of the ones you've never heard about because I've made sure that it's there. And, and it's, you can also go to lawsubscribe.com, click on the podcast tab and click on whichever service you'd like to use for your podcast and subscribe to it there. So with that, any final takeaways from you, Lauren? Just to, to dive in, if you've been thinking about it, it really is fantastic. I wouldn't change being a solo or opening my own business for anything. It is challenging. There are definitely days I question my sanity, but overall would not change it. And I think if you want to have an impact on your community, control your life a lot more, have freedom and really just love the practice of law again, being a solo or even a small firm running your own business is really the key to doing that. Yeah, I love it. We're not going to get better than that. All right. I hope y'all found that conversation enlightening, inspiring, maybe got some of your own questions answered. If you have any more questions, if you heard something that sparked an idea or you've wanted to dig in more, please let us know. We will be happy to feature it in a upcoming episode where we can answer it directly. So if you have any questions, send them to us by email, either at hello at a different or leave us a voice memo. A link to leave a voice memo is at the bottom of the show description, wherever you get your podcasts. We're here to be a resource for you and help you continue to build a practice you love. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, keep building. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of A Different Practice. For more from this episode, head over to adifferentpractice.com slash podcast for show notes and links to resources. If you found this episode helpful, let me know by leaving a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you're looking for even more practical tools to optimize your law practice for growth and enjoyment, be sure to sign up for our monthly monthly newsletter. The link is waiting for you at a differentpractice.com slash subscribe. I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, keep building a different practice.